John chapter 9. I want to look at verse number 25 as a text verse today. I thank God for His goodness, His mercy, and His grace. God's been so good to me. I know He's been good to you. And uh, I can't complain about the blessings of God. I can't complain about His grace, His mercy that He's bestowed upon me, how much He's bestowed it upon you, and uh, just His wonderfulness that uh, He has given us all. But John chapter 9 and verse number 25, let's stand for the reverence of the reading of God's Word and prayer for the message today. One verse of Scripture. Brooke sung, sung that song and she sung these words. He opened up my blinded eyes one day. Well, look at the Scripture we're going to be preaching from. I had no idea that she was going to sing that song. I had no idea that I was going to preach this message or that she was going to sing the song. She had no idea that I was going to preach the message. But isn't it just wonderful how God puts it together? Uh, people have accused me of Tim Fleming being in cahoots with one another um, because they'll say, hey, that was on the lines of our Sunday school lesson today. Or that message was in line with the Sunday school lesson. Well, you know what? God always seems to put the words in the man of God's mouth and in the teacher's mouth when that's what needs to be said. And I just trust in Him and keep praying to Him and He gives us the words. Amen. Verse 25 says this, He answered and said, Whether he be a sinner or no, I know not. One thing I know that, whereas I was blind, now I see. I want to preach to you on this thought this morning. Four I knows of Scripture. Four I knows of Scripture. And we want to make sure that you know them as well. Let's pray. Our Father in heaven, God, we do thank you, Lord, in praise and worship and thanksgiving for your mercy and your grace. Lord, as we come to you today, as humble as we know how, Lord, we ask you to loose this tongue and let it go. Lord, I pray that you would give us a special anointing from heaven from the top of our head to the soles of our feet. I pray that our mind will be illuminated with thoughts and scripture, dear God, to where we can relate it to the people today. Dear Lord, I know people have had long weeks and tired weeks, dear God, on the job. And Lord, I know that uh, today is a day that they may come to the house of God looking for help, uh, looking for inspiration, looking for encouragement, uh, and thus saith the word of God. One of the greatest encouragements of my life. I know that I once was blind, meaning that I'm not blind anymore, but I can now see. Lord, we do thank you for what you're going to do for our people here today. In Jesus' precious holy name we do ask. Amen and amen. Thank you so much. You may be seated. I love the hymn that we sung this morning before Sunday school. Amazing grace. How sweet the sound. I once was lost, but now I found. I once was blind, but thank God now I see. I believe the writer of this song knew exactly what he was thinking about and knew something about that spiritual blindness that he once had. And now he's all of a sudden, his eyes have been opened up to where he can see. He may have been physically blind, but thank God I'm not spiritually blind and neither was the writer of that great hymn book that we sing 
sing so often uh, out of our hymnals. Uh, we live in a world of constant change and there's many out there that have no idea of what to believe uh, or what's going on around them. There's many things in this world that I don't know and it seems that this world is constantly changing. But I'm glad that there's one thing today that's not going to change. Uh, that's my Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. He once was, uh, once is, and still is today the supreme King of heaven, the God of glory, the King of kings, and the Lord of lords. Nothing's going to change that. Amen. There's nothing going to change the way that you get saved. The Bible says, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no man can come to the Father but by me. They may be some out there that's trusted in goats. They may be trusted in cows. There's even some out there today that's trusted in the angels. But folks, I just read in Scripture this morning during Sunday school, those angels are worshiping their Creator, which is God in heaven. And folks, I'm telling you, the Lord Jesus Christ created you. He created me. He created the cows. He created the goats. He created the bulls. He even created the angels in heaven. So I believe we ought to worship our Creator today, who is our God, which is in heaven. Amen. He is the one that can save our soul from a devil's hell. Number one, I know. I know I was blind, but now I see. How many can testify to that today? Amen. This man was physically blind that we read about in the Scripture. But folks, one time in my life, uh, I was spiritually blind and cursed to spend life in darkness. Uh, on my way to hell without Jesus, I had no direction in my life. Uh, hey, listen, I went to school. Uh, I went to college. Uh, I'd done my thing. Uh, I'd done what I wanted to do. Uh, I wasn't a low-down, uh, 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 a rotten sinner. But in, in nonetheless, I was a sinner on the way to hell without Jesus when January 3 of 1993 over at the Parkway Free Will Baptist Church preacher Jim Miller was preaching the word of God I believe Loretta Johnson and Ricky what's his face was singing over there I can't remember his last name Ricky Walker was singing and boy the preacher was a preaching and all of a sudden the Holy Ghost of God came roaming through my soul about blowed me out of my pew and all I know that I had to go to an altar of prayer and ask the Lord Jesus Christ to come into my heart. And folks, you know what? He did exactly what He said He was going to do. He forgave me of all of my sins, wrote my, down, my name in, down in the Lamb's book of life to where when I leave this world, I know exactly where I'm headed. I'm headed toward heaven. Amen. I was blind in this world. It's like walking around without any type of visual sight when you don't have Jesus in your heart. I know that I was blind, but when Jesus came along, He removed the blinders off, and I could see my Savior for who He is, and who He was, and who He is today, because He saved my soul by the precious blood of the Lamb. Amen. The only way we're going to get saved today is through His blood. They can dump you in that tank back there. They can dunk you under seven times, eight times, whatever you want to go under the water of baptism. But folks, baptism's not going to save you. It's the precious blood of Jesus. 
There's blindness. There's blindness of the heart. Uh, having uh, the understanding of the darkness that is uh, placed upon the lives of sinners by the Satan himself. The Bible tells us in whom the God of this world hath blinded the minds of them which believe not. Lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ who is the image of God should shine unto them. Folks, the devil of this world has blinded the hearts of men and women uh, to where they can't see their salvation in the Lord Jesus Christ. A lot of them is pulled away by the almighty dollar. They think as long as they've got checks coming into their bank account uh, that that's going to get them where they need to be when they pass from this old world. Listen, I'd rather die today uh, an old preacher boy called by God uh, to serve him uh, than to die with all the money in the world on a mansion sitting over on the hillside somewhere because when I die, it's not going to mean anything anymore. It's just going to be stuff. I want to build my treasures in heaven. Amen. A devil of this world, oh, Satan himself, has got people blinded, you see. Uh, They're teaching in our schools. uh, It's all about evolution. I even went to bat for one old boy in school. Me and another pastor, his son was in school. Uh, That teacher demanded that he write a paper on evolution and why evolution is true, right? Bowling Springs High School. Going to demand him to do that. That boy's daddy got to talking with me. I got to talking with him. I said, no, sir, that ain't right. Uh, If they're going to teach evolution and give the kids a test on evolution, they must present to those kids that believe in creation the creation test. Huh? And we went and we sat in there and boy, that teacher done got awful ugly and mean. As a matter of fact, done told his ROTC, uh, uh, the guy over ROTC, he was in it and, and got to tell him that, you know, don't give him a passing grade. And anyway, that teacher got fired. Got fired because of their stance on evolution. And they would not allow that young man uh, uh, to give a paper turned in uh, for what he believed in, which was creation. Now, if it would have been the other way around, it'd been different. If it would have been them teaching creation, and there was one or two in there that believed in evolution, they'd have had the ACLU, the KKK, and everything else involved. They would have. They'd have every, they'd have uh, they'd have Al Sharpton and everybody else on the street corner. I don't know about you today, but when it comes down to evolution, I don't have any confidence in these biological baboon boosters who's going to pray these words: "Our Father who art up in a coconut tree." Once I was a tadpole, long and thin. Then I was a bullfrog with my tail tucked in. Then I was a monkey hanging in a tree. Now I'm a professor with a PhD. I ain't got no confidence in somebody like that. The Bible says in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. I serve a Lord today that stepped out on nothing, Damon, and created everything. <laughs> 
That's who I serve. That's who saved my soul. He is the only way we're going to get to heaven. I was blind, but now I see blindness comes from Satan. Salvation is the opening of our spiritual eyes, you see. To open their eyes. Over in Acts 26 it says, uh, To turn from darkness to light. And from the power of Satan unto God, that they may receive forgiveness of sins and inheritance among them, which are sanctified by faith that is in me. Thank God if you're saved today, you know what I mean when I say, God has delivered us from the power of darkness. Amen. He's delivered us from the power of darkness and has translated us into the kingdom of His dear Son. You see, everything that Satan does is dealing with darkness. But when you put God in the equation, when you put the darling Son of God in the equation, He shines the light. And when He shines the light, there comes the truth. And thank God for the truth of His Word that I believe. And thank God for Jesus Christ because He is the truth today. And he is your way to a better place. Amen. I know that I once was blind, but now I see. Number two, I know that my Redeemer liveth. Amen. To know your Redeemer lives, you must first meet Him. Remember the story of the Old Testament. A Redeemer is a kinsman. Who pays the debt in order to redeem or buy back. Criswell, the great preacher, once said, it's like a near it's like a near relative paying your way out of a prison. Well, you know what? I was bound in a prison one day. I was bound by the prison of Satan and sin. But yet my Redeemer, the Lord Jesus Christ, came by and forgave me of my sins and all of my failures. And I know that the God that I serve is alive and well. Serving a risen Lord today is the difference between Christianity and pagan religions. You see, there is no other uh, proclamation from any other movement uh, uh, outside of Christianity that can declare that they have a God that is alive and a God that is real. I know today without a shadow of a doubt uh, that He arose on the third day. He ascended up into the heavens uh, and He's still there at the right hand of the Father waiting on you and I uh, to come and to be with Him. Whether we go to be with Him or whether He comes and takes us out of here, one day we're going to be with the living Savior and His name is Jesus. Amen. I like Chinese food. How many of you like Chinese food? Don't get too excited. We're not eating today after church. (laughs) Y'all get excited when we mention food. (laughs) I go in there to the Chinese restaurant. It don't matter which one you go to. Usually they're sitting by the cash register's old Buddha. Nothing but a gold statue of a fat, ugly Chinese man. That's it. That's all it is. That's all it is. 
I don't see a nail print in his hands. I don't see a nail print in his feet. I don't see a crown of thorns upon his brow. He's just sitting there smiling. And I think he smiles every time the cash register goes, cha-ching. How can a statue save a soul? Can't do it. Never has saved not one soul. You go over there into that world where Buddha is prevalent. They used to a long time ago had some of his bones they'd carry around to different places. Now only they've done lost his bones and they've done uh, uh, disintegrated and faded out and everything else. But they do have one thing left from Buddha. A tooth. How'd you know? Uh A tooth. A tooth. So now they take that tooth all around the world and people pay homage to that tooth. The tooth of Buddha. But you know what? If you go to the tomb where Jesus Christ was laid, you ain't going to find no tooth. You ain't going to find no bones. You ain't going to find nothing because He got up from the grave. To live and to make intercession for you and for me and to where we can have a a way to heaven. Folks, I know that my Redeemer liveth. He redeemed to to, to remove the curse of the law. He redeemed, uh, He redeems by the price that He paid on Calvary by His precious blood. He redeemed, we're redeemed today to God and not to self. We can't save ourselves today. Oh, some people make them own selves a God. My goodness. Don't you try to get to heaven on my merit other than through the Word of God and Jesus Christ because I can't get you there. Uh, I've had people to say before, I've knelt down on the altar. Bless their heart, they just didn't know no better, I guess. They, but now, Preacher, save me! I'm like, buddy, I can't save you. But I know one who can. And he lives. And he lives and he's at the right hand of the Father. And he's making intercession. He's our advocate. He's our lawyer. And I know he lives. Oh, you ask me how I know he lives. I know he lives because he lives within my heart. Amen. We've got a Redeemer that is alive and well. I know that my Redeemer liveth. Number three, I know whom I have believed. Paul could say with confidence that he knows in whom he believes because he spent time in gaining that knowledge of the Savior. Many today say they know whom they believe but have no more knowledge of Him than they do of President Barack Obama. They know more about Obama than they know more about, than they know of Jesus. They know more about the political things of this world than they do of Jesus. Paul had the utmost confidence in Christ, according to Romans 8.38. Paul met his Redeemer on the road to Damascus, and he saw the light. How do you know someone? First of all, you've got to meet them. You see, you're not going to know Jesus Christ really well until you meet Him. 
and meet Him in a personal way. You see, salvation is not a, a corporate experience. Salvation is a personal experience. And you got to meet Him to know Him. If I want to know more about Damon Duncan, I'll go to his house, I'll sit down and I'll ask questions. I'll spend a lot of time with him, learning about him. That's exactly what Paul done when he met Christ on that Damascus road. He knew that he had met someone that he wanted to know more about. And he began to learn more about our, our Lord and Savior. And he began to learn and to know the things that occurred during and around and after the crucifixion. And he knew by the way of the events that took place that his words were true. Folks, may I say today and proclaim it in God's Word, the Word is still true today. Amen. Amen. Hey, listen, we don't need a new Bible. We don't need new men to come up and rewrite the Bible that we have. We just need to take the Bible that we have and reread it. Amen. Amen. We need to read it and believe it and follow it. Well, I, I can meet the Lord Jesus today, can I, preacher? Yes, you can. Well, how do I get to know Him more? Talk to Him. You mean I can talk to the Lord Jesus Christ? I hope you can. If you're saved, you can. You see, I've been in the hospital rooms this week, uh, uh, Brother Damon, and, and I know that I'd witnessed to these people, and I knew they had told me that they were lost and undone, and was going and hell was going to be their home. That was their testimony to me when I told them. And then as I prayed with them, tried to witness with them, uh, they didn't want to accept Christ as their Savior. But that was, you know, that was between them and God. I did all I could do. And as I left and as I prayed for them, I said, Folks, I'm praying not only uh, for the gentleman in the bed there, but I'm praying for your soul that you'll turn your life over to God and that Jesus Christ will truly impress upon you to become a Christian. And they said, Well, thank you, preacher. We'll be praying for you too. I said, Now, wait a minute. It, uh, according to the Bible, you can't pray for me. And they said, oh yeah, I can pray for you. I said, yeah, but it's just like idle words uh, uh, going up. It's not going to go anywhere farther than this room. What do you mean, preacher? I said, because iniquity or sin has come between you and God. He has to hear from His children. He's not going to answer those prayers uh, of an individual that's lost and undone in sin. Oh boy, you get in a tight situation and you really need to cry out to God. One of the first things you'll do if you know the Word of God, Lord Jesus, please forgive me of my sin today and my failures and my shortcomings because we want to go to... Hey, listen, that's good to pray every time we pray. Why? Because you go to Him with a clean heart. We've got to go to Christ today with a clean vessel, a clean heart to where... He can in turn answer those prayers. Tonight we're going to continue our study in the steps of the Savior. We're walking through the life of Christ in these messages. And, and we're on the teachings of Christ. And tonight we're going to be on what is called by many the Lord's Prayer. And it teaches us from the Word of God uh, uh, how to pray. It shows us how to pray. When to pray. And how we are to uh, establish that prayer in our life. 
Folks, I'm glad today that I know that my Redeemer lives and I know whom I have believed because I know He is the one that has saved my soul from a devil's hell. Amen. Fourthly today, I know it shall be well with them that fear God. That fear God. You see, as I, as I look across uh, uh, the world today, from our congregation to many congregations across America, across the world, I believe if we gave out a survey to every pastor that I know, and ask them, what is your greatest concern in the house of God? What is your greatest concern amongst Christian people? I believe I would get nearly 100% this answer. One word, commitment. Or the lack of commitment oh but preacher you don't understand I'm saved yeah but we're bought with a price and the Bible says you're not your own what do you mean preacher well I believe there's not enough fear of God in people for them to be committed hmm Are we commanded in the Word of God, preacher, uh, uh, to, to fear the Lord? Yes, we are to fear God. We're not to be scared of Him. We're to seek ye first the kingdom of God. The Bible said, blessed are the dead which die in the Lord. And the results of not fearing God are found in in Ecclesiastes 8.13. It says, it shall not be well with the wicked. Neither shall he prolong his days. I want to live every day as if Jesus Christ could return today. Brother Damon, I want to preach every message as if the Lord Jesus Christ could come while we were standing there Preaching the Word. That in turn leads to everyone else, me included, we should have a desire to live life as if the Lord was coming at any moment. Well, what do you mean fear Him? The Bible says it's appointed unto man once to die and then the judgment. We're going to stand before God one day. Well, why do you fear Him? He's a loving God. Yes, He is a loving God. But He holds my life in His hands. Whether you're saved today or whether you're lost, our Lord has your life in His hands. And when the day comes, when He takes your last breath over here on earth, you're going to take it. There won't be a reckoning period of, Lord, I know that you're fixing to take my life. No. He's going to take it then. If my 
appointment with God is this date of November 13th at 12 noon. 12 noon and one second, I'll be in standing in the presence of a mighty, righteous judge. I know I am secure in my faith. I am secure in my relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. But I fear Him greatly. God, throughout the history of time, has allowed the hedge to be lowered in the people's lives and Satan can run rampant. A lot of times it's to get our attention. A lot of times it's to uh, uh, to get our stubbornness out of the way and to bring us back to an altar of prayer to where we can get close to Him. A lot of times that's the reason why. A lot of times it's where we learn a great spiritual lesson when God drops that hedge. Just as Job, read the book of Job. He lost everything. The devil challenged God. He said, I believe I can get a hold of some of your saints. He said, try my servant Job. He'll be faithful. He said, yeah, drop the hedge. I'll try him. The Bible said Job being a perfect man, not meaning that he's perfect like Jesus Christ, but meaning that he was a good man. A good man. And God dropped the hedge on Job. And and all of a sudden, uh, uh, hell itself was unleashed on Job. He lost everything. Lost his family. Lost all of his herd. The cattle lost his home. He lost everything. Sitting there with nothing. His wife had done... Boy, his wife gave him some encouraging words. <laughs> she said, why don't you just curse God and die? That wasn't too encouraging to Job, was it? You know, a lot of times, I think Miss Job gets a blame... Of being a bad wife. Think about Miss Job. We'll read it in the scripture and we've seen it preached and we've preached it this way. And the Bible says that his wife told Job, Why don't you just curse God and die? That leaves us in the impression that Job's wife was terrible. That just leaves the impression that Job's wife was all against Job and done throw Job under the bus. Huh? But think about what Miss Job's just been through. She's done lost everything. She don't have a home to go to. She don't have any children to take care of. She don't have any cattle in the field to take care of. She has lost everything along with Job. I just wonder what if Miss Job came up to Job and may have said it something like this. 
Job. Look at all that's happened. Why don't you just curse God and die? If we preached it that way, Job's wife might not be as bad as you think she was. See, the Bible doesn't give us any clarification of where or how Miss Job came upon that. We've just took it on ourselves to preach it as cuss, curse God and die, Job. That's just like preachers all across this country. All across this country that will look at their wives and say, Honey, I can't go on. I give up. The battle's too hard. I'm defeated. I'm going to walk away. From the ministry. There's a difference in that context. Of the way it's delivered. Than this context. That I'm about ready to give you. I give up. I quit. I'm done. There's a difference. You see. Folks the truth is. We know as a Christian that our eyes were blind, now we can see. We know as a Christian that our Savior and our Redeemer, He lives. And I know in whom I've believed. And I know it shall be well with me and you that fear God. The question is today is this. Have you met the Savior that we're preaching about? You see, difficult times uh, comes uh, uh, to the children of God. But you know what? More difficult times comes to those that do not know the Lord. You ask some of those uh, on death row. You ask some of those that are in our prison system. You ask them honest question and expect an honest answer. If they're honest with you, they'll tell you, if I would have gotten right with God in my childhood or earlier in age, I wouldn't be in the mess that I'm in today. If I'd have had my family in church, I wouldn't have been in the mess I'm in today. If I'd have feared God, trusted in Him, then things would have changed and been different in my life. But folks, it doesn't change the fact that He's still on the throne. He still loves you. He still can save you. He still can forgive you. He still can, uh, listen, write your name in the Lamb's book of life. He still can uh, draw you back to where you need to be. Because you know folks do backslide on God sometimes. They get slack on the Lord. Uh, Listen, God says, come on home. I'm waiting. Aren't you glad He's a God of second chances? My, my. We're not all what we're supposed to be. 
But thank God we can strive to be what we need to be with the help of our Savior, Jesus Christ. You're not looking at perfection when you look at me. But what I want to portray is Jesus Christ and His perfectness because He is the one that can help us today. I want you to stand as we go to the Lord in prayer. You may be in a valley and you need help. You can cry out to our Savior today. You may be here lost and undone without Christ and hell would be your home if you died today. He's your Savior. We can show you in the Word of God how to be saved, how to pray, how to confess your sins, and how you can turn your life around. Simple, simple solution today. You may say, uh, I, I, I am a spiritual wreck. God can help you. Puts your mind and heart back in the place where it needs to be. You may say, Preacher, I've gone astray. The Lord can help you with that. Let Him meet your need. He's the bondage breaker. He is the way maker. And He's the one that can help your every need. Father, Lord, in Jesus' name, we do love you. I thank you for your goodness that you bestowed upon us today. Thank you for your blessed word. Lord, I pray if there's one here that doesn't know you from the free pardon of sin, lost on their way to hell without Christ, never made that commitment unto thee, Lord, I pray, Lord, at this time you would engulf their heart, their soul, their spirit with the Holy Ghost of God. Convict them a sinner. That conviction would be so strong they'd have to walk an aisle of prayer and turn their hearts and lives over unto you. Lord, I'm glad you're a God of second chances and new starts. Lord, I pray that you'd save the lost, reclaim those that are backslidden. God, I pray that you'd strengthen each and every home that may be here today that's have difficulties. Lord, we can trust in you. Trust in you to give us help in time of need. In Jesus' name we do humbly pray. Amen. And amen. You come. If you got a need, we'll surely be glad to pray with you today, okay? You just have the courage to step out where you're sitting, standing. God will help you.
believe that little girl. She's only about seven years old. I think she believes what she's singing. <laughs> seven years old. I believe she knows it's real. <laughs> God's people say, Amen. Thank you so much for being here. We want you to come back tonight.